Welcome to Inspired Artist Podcast with me, Porter Singer. In this episode, I'll be talking all about forgiveness. I hope that this helps you get your thoughts around why it might be a good idea to forgive and something to work on, something to think about. So if this is something that you struggle with and maybe you need a little bit of help, I would be honored to guide you through this process. I have just added some new pages to my website and one of them is a whole section for my coaching. I have two more slots available for two more clients. So if that's something that interests you, please act on that soon. Check that out at portersinger.com coaching. And without further ado, let's get into this discussion. Here we go. So the purpose of this episode is to discuss forgiveness. I've transitioned a lot since some of the other episodes that I've done and since doing some of the episodes that I did last year and the year before that, I got very involved in the stories around the abuses that went on in the 3HO Kundalini Yoga community as concerns Yogi Bhajan and the organizations and the organizational structures that he created and all these things, um, which got me interested in other cults and other abusers and cult leaders and charismatic leaders. And ultimately, this was a really interesting exploration for me. It led me through a lot of anger, I think unresolved trauma around feeling manipulated, influenced, um, and ultimately led me to the realization that although these things happen and they will continue to happen, people will continue to be abusers and abused and this play will go on and I can have, and I do have compassion for people who find themselves in these sorts of situations unknowingly and have to emerge out of them, learn through them. It's a rough path. Um, in In reality, life is a rough path, right? Some of our lessons are difficult ones to learn. Some of them have to do with where we were born, what we were born into, and that can feel really unfair. Um, And I know that I felt that and I have a ton of compassion for it. Ultimately, I came to the conclusion And I think going to my friend Joshua Stoddard's memorial a few months ago, it's so funny. I just did this. I just joined an online course. I love, I freaking love online courses, but I I joined an online course to develop an online course because this is something that I've been meaning to do for a long time. And I just felt like I needed a little bit of structure for that and some encouragement. So I I purchased a course, uh, which I also feel like when you're about to do something in your business, like, um, you know, coaching or whatever. Like for me, I like to actually be on the purchasing end of that thing to feel what that experience is like so that I know what somebody coming into it is going to be going through potentially like the questions they're asking themselves or whatever. So that as an aside, but I was just doing this exercise for the course and I was reviewing the whole year last year and my whole year last year had a lot of I got very immersed in other people's pain. And what I find really interesting about this, or or not really that surprising because I have uh, 
I guess I have empathic qualities. You know, I do take on other people's energy and pain sometimes. Um, I don't describe myself as an empath a lot. I describe myself as highly sensitive, but you know, whatever labels. Um, and in, in kind of realizing that I was taking on so much of this pain, um, it came to my awareness not that I didn't realize it before, I suppose, but like in a really vivid way that like I was feeling pain for experiences that I had not gone through. Right. And I think that this is it, it's not a, a bad trait. I mean, this is that's a really wonderful. I think when we're able to put ourselves in the shoes of other people and therefore, you know, take measures to safeguard their interests and things like that, I think that that's ultimately a, a valuable quality and I like that about myself. On the other hand, it has this dark side of not really recognizing where that's someone else's journey and that while I can hold space for that and while I can be compassionate to it, I don't need to walk into it. I don't need to inhabit that space. So I felt like I was inhabiting a lot of the anger and a lot of the trauma that I actually hadn't experienced. You know, like I have not had physical abuse happen to me by Yogi Bhajan. My experience of being part of the Kundalini Yoga and the 3HO community was in most ways quite positive. There were definitely some limiting beliefs that I picked up, you know, some interesting, um, shall we say, uh, expectations for myself that I otherwise, you know, wouldn't. But all in all, I actually got a pretty good deal out of the the situation. And I have to really recognize that that's, you know, that's what we would call, I suppose, a privileged situation. Um, but I can't, I don't feel that it is fruitful to use that privilege in order to inhabit and um, amplify more pain. I feel like because I know that about myself and because I have the good fortune it's hard to say good fortune. I mean, I, I do believe everything is, you know, is part of our journey and everything is valuable. But I suppose from my perspective, like, yes, I am grateful. Let's say I have, I am grateful for the experience of reaping some pretty nice benefits from being part of that community. One of which, of course, is that I, you know, was able to set up, set myself up as a mantra artist and have uh, recurring revenue from that. That's a really beautiful gift that I got. And even though I had to go through quite a bit of <laughs> quite a bit of growth and quite a bit of uh, like overcoming self-loathing, let's say, to, you know, to get to that point, because I feel like that whole journey of changing my name and, you know, basically taking on um, another culture and another way of life was kind of about running away from myself. And I feel like most of us do that and generalize, but I, I feel like that's part of our human experience is kind of trying on, you know, other things. I think that that's a very teenage kind of experience, actually. Um, and maybe I didn't rebel enough as a teenager. <laughs> I definitely didn't. Um, so that I felt like, you know, when I was in my 20s, I could finally 20s and early 30s, I could finally like decide to put my mark on myself or decide that I could make kind of 
crazy leap choices for myself that were definitely out of my comfort zone and out of the comfort zone that my parents had established for me. Um, so that's, that's kind of the base for what I'm going to talk about, which is forgiveness. And I realized that forgiveness is a form of self-preservation. Forgiveness is not, um, forgiveness is not letting somebody off the hook for their sake, right? I remember um, this one, this woman who wrote a a book. And I, gosh, I can't believe I'm bringing this up as a as an example because I don't know her name and I don't know the exact circumstances. But the gist of it, what I'm going to continue because why not roll with it? I'm already there. Um, but she had a situation, and she was um, in an African country. There were some uh, yeah, evil people. I don't, can't remember who it was, killed her family in front of her, her whole family. And she wrote this book and I believe she was speaking at like Kripalu or something, some, some yoga, um, or mindfulness center. Uh, but she had written this book on forgiveness and what I found so impactful about that, it, it was just sort of like a blip that went through my, my awareness, right? It wasn't like I read the book or anything, but I just remember like, that's, that's a, I mean, that's an extreme example of forgiveness, right? That's an extreme example of, I don't know if I can let go of this because it hurt me so much. Um, if somebody like that can genuinely find forgiveness in a situation, what's going on there, you know? Is she now seeing the people who killed her family in a different light? I don't know. I didn't, again, I didn't read the book. Bravo for me for bringing up this example and digging myself a hole. No, but I, I, what I find so amazing about this is that what I, what I take from that is that you wouldn't, you wouldn't need to see the people who have done you harm. I'm using air quotes. Um, because I'm talking about not just like physical harm, but like emotional harm and also in a sense, something that is not an imprint that you have to carry for the rest of your life. Um, but it is if you choose to. So let me unpack that. When, when somebody does something that has serious consequences in your life, and you choose to forgive them, you're doing that for yourself. And I know we've probably heard this before, but I really want, I really want to get this across in a way that maybe you haven't thought of it before, because I, I had heard this before, obviously. I, I knew about this woman years before I went through this whole saga with 3HO, et cetera, et cetera. And what I what I got from this experience or what I what I found where I found myself was like I have been punishing myself for about two years now for things that I didn't do basically out of guilt in other words I felt so guilty about being part of a community that was responsible for the types of things that happened, rape, um, murders, 
child abuse, etc., that I didn't personally do, um, and I didn't directly contribute to, but that I nonetheless found myself kind of woven in. And so because of the pain that I felt for these children and for these women and for all the people who felt duped, who gave all their money to it, et cetera, et cetera. I spent two years taking that on and kind of punishing myself for it, not allowing myself to be happy or to move forward or to feel inspired in what I was doing. Um, I mean, I couldn't squelch that completely. I, I, I'm an, I'm a creative person, so it's not like I stopped creating entirely, but I, there was like a spark that I could not access. And I, I realized that no one that I, like, even if I had wanted to harm the people who were responsible for harm, that was never going to be the product of my guilt of my anger, of my self-condemnation. That energy of me not feeling good was not affecting anyone but me. So it was not changing how the other, the people who were affected felt about it. It was not changing their lives. It wasn't punishing those who had inflicted harm. It was just punishing me. And so I saw forgiveness in a whole different light because I saw forgiveness again as an act of self-preservation. In order for me to be able to move forward, I had to let that go. So letting that go for me did not mean, and perhaps this is part of the journey for me, maybe there will be, I'm sure there's always other steps, but for now, it's not about feeling like no harm was done or that this was all for everybody's, you know, um, good or something. I, I do believe that people can get wonderful things from hard lessons. I don't necessarily believe that we have to go through horrendous events for us to learn things. And I certainly wouldn't wish any of these things on anyone, but the fact is they did happen and nothing that I feel or say or do will change the fact that that is what transpired. So when we say, for example, um, I was gonna think of um, the Rumi quote, the out beyond ideas of right doing and wrong doing, there is a field, I will meet you there. The idea of right and wrong doing can only exist in a world where past can be changed. Let me say that again. The idea of right doing and wrong doing can only exist in a world where past can be changed. In other words, if a thought is that should not have happened or that should have happened, it's a type of insanity because it's saying something that is should not be and i want you to think back 
to a time that you were either a child or you were observing a baby. Um, and perhaps observing a baby is a better one because I'm not sure that we can think back to like when we were non-judgmental beings. But babies and from what I've observed of animals or things, they don't spend time dwelling on what should have happened instead of what did. It's like if their toy drops, they might be upset about that toy dropping, but they don't dwell in a fictitious past where their toy should not have dropped. But we do think about, they will think about maybe what's next. Maybe I cry because I wanna shed off some of that energy that was upsetting, you know? Maybe it's funny. Um, maybe I pick it back up or I get somebody who has more dexterity than me to pick it up for me. But from what I can tell, the idea that something should or should not have happened is something that we learn. It's something that we take on because we hear other people talk about that. Um, from what I've observed from rearing children, that's also something that they had to, to learn. And I guess it's a part of becoming human. Maybe there is a you know, a wonderful way of not instilling that on our children. And perhaps that's the future of, of humanity. And if so, that, you know, that sounds wonderful. I have not managed to not instill that in my kids. I think that they've just absorbed from the world. And that's something that, that is a thought process that they do have for sure. But I just want to point this out as a thought process that's sort of an unnatural thought process. Because the idea that something could be different than it is, is insanity. Something cannot be different than it is. Now, something, things can change. That's not insanity. You know, we definitely want to put our best foot forward in creating impactful and positive change in the world. And we do that through taking action in the present moment. We can't do that by changing the past, that's insanity. There is no such thing as the past, just as there is no such thing as the future. Everything that everything that can be changed is in this moment right now. So if I'm spending all my time as I was thinking about things that should not have happened in the past, and if I had been framing it this way, I would have recognized it as insanity, but I wasn't, then I am in a sense insane, right? I am in a sense dwelling in a fictitious world where the past can be altered. So the idea that something is right or wrong in the past, it's not that that's a that bad idea. It's not that you can't go back and say like, I didn't like that <laughs> or that, you know, that was not in my best interest. That was not in their best interest, et cetera, et cetera. Of course we can have discernment about things that transpired, but it's that, it's that note of like, it shouldn't have happened. We can't do that to ourselves because we can't change it. There is, Absolutely. I feel like that's kind of objectively true. It might not be a popular thought. It might not be a popular way of thinking about things, but you know, I'm, 
please comment if you're watching this on YouTube or if you want to comment in the podcast notes, like if you know of a way that you can change the past where thinking of something as not the right thing that should have happened actually changes it, I would love to hear about it because I can't think of a time when I have judged the past as wrong and that changed it, right? So it's not that it's not that the organizations become free and clear or that Yogi Bhajan himself becomes um, neutral and wonderful um, in his actions, like absolutely not. But the facts are the facts that it happened. It happened and we can only deal with what is. And so what, when I'm dealing with what is right now is I need to move forward or I'm not gonna be of benefit to anybody or anyone because I can't live in sorrow. I can't live in guilt. I can't live in shame. Those are not places that I choose to dwell. I can learn from them. Those are wonderful emotions to notice, especially when you are asking yourself how that affects the way you see yourself. That is a really powerful self-awareness tool to recognize those emotions. But we also have to recognize that we cannot live there. And if we choose to live there, if we choose to live in blame and anger and um, sorrow for things that have passed, there's no out because that won't change the past. So if the if your joy, if your survival, if your passions and inspirations and loves are hinging on a past that needs to change, you will spend forever in that and you will not be able to get out of it. So the antidote that I propose is forgiveness. And the forgiveness is not even necessarily of those people or those events, but it is the forgiveness of a past the forgiveness that it happened, the forgiveness of yourself for whatever part that you may have played in it or that you thought you played in it. Because in order to move forward, in order to be fully present in this moment, we have to be able to forgive what we've done in the past. The other thing that forgiveness does is it allows us to be better in this moment, it allows us to expand in this moment. It allows us to grow. If we're stuck in blame and shame and anger and in the past, we're not able to be fully present in this moment. We're not able to grow in this moment. We're not able to perceive the ways that we can grow in this moment. We're not able to be present for people to love them. We're not able to be present with people to be compassionate with them not forgiving in a sense is being very self-centered it's being very not present we're we're living in a fictitious reality in which the past should not be what it was which is an impossibility and we are giving up the only moment that we have which is this one right now so I propose 
forgiveness, not because everything went the way that you wanted it to, but specifically because it didn't. Specifically because in order for this present moment to be embraced by you and in order for you to accept the flaws that you are going to exhibit, the flaws in others, <laughs> the, you know, the uh, inconsistencies in what people say, the uh, changes in your plans, the ways in which you cannot control the present, those will all feel a lot better once, oops, sorry, once you can accept the past, once you can forgive the past. So I think that's all I have to say on that. I would really love to hear y'all's feedback on that. I think that all anybody really wants out of this life is to enjoy it. And when we are, when we are dwelling in a fictitious reality in which the past is something that should be different, it's like an inescapable, it's an, it's an impossibility that we could enjoy our life, right? Um, and I'm not saying that that's easy. It's not, and it really, it really um, is going to take more work the more, depending on what has happened in your past, you know? But I just, I have to, it's so funny, so funny, this, this woman that whose book I didn't read, but she made an impact on me and I am heartened by the idea that somebody who could have that sort of trauma happen in their life could move forward, could forgive. So <laughs> I think that's all. All right. Uh, let me know what you think, and I will see you in the next podcast. Bye. Thanks for listening, y'all. If you enjoyed this podcast, please rate it on the platform of your choosing. Subscribe. Leave us a comment. This really helps the algorithm to pick it up and share it with more people. Please visit my website, portersinger.com, for updates from me. You will receive a free gift when you sign up for the mailing list. See you in the next episode. Thanks so much for joining us.